It's time to talk UK sports with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is the Leach Report Radio Network. Join in the discussion by tweeting your questions to at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. And you can call 877-904-1080. Now, along with an outstanding lineup of guests and broadcast to the most passionate fan base in America, the Big Blue Nation, here's the voice of the Wildcats. Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to our Monday edition of the Leach Report. Happy to have you guys on board with us to start another week of sports conversation. And, oh, there is a lot to talk about. We'll do that today. Kyle Tucker from The Athletic joins us on Mondays. And we'll also chat with Jeremy Jarman. Uh, lined up Jeremy last night because with everything that's going on uh, with respect to college football, uh, I thought he'd bring a great perspective as a former player who also now works in the medical field. So uh, Jeremy will join us here in just a bit. Let's get to the Wildcat news of the day. And it's what everybody that is a college football fan is is talking about. Is there going to be a season? Uh, it looked for a time on uh, over the weekend that it, the plug might be pulled before now. But we'd be talking about the end of the college football season for 2020 when we got together today. Uh, the Big Ten is reportedly uh, at the forefront uh, looking to uh, cancel and uh, try to play in the spring. Uh, Heather Dinich from ESPN, I heard a report from her that there's a push for a collective announcement on a cancellation or postponement. Now, she was the first one to use the, the word postponement, which to me would make sense that uh, if you're going to do something collectively, do that uh, rather than cancel at the moment. Um, and the SEC is not starting, slated to start until the 26th, so everybody could push back to uh, the end of September and buy a little more time. Last night, the new development is that some prominent players across all five of uh, the Power Five conferences got together on a Zoom call. They issued a joint statement expressing their desire to play but also some things that they want to see in place um, in conjunction with that happening. So uh, this there's a, uh, a very strong player-led movement uh, toward uh, keeping games on the field this fall. So I, um, I tend to think, <coughs> excuse me, tend to think that if we're still talking about the prospect of a college football season, when we get together a week from today, then it uh, probably has a pretty good chance of at least getting started. Um, but at the moment, it doesn't feel like that's going to happen. A couple of uh, other things that are out there in the media world, Sports Illustrated's uh, Ross Dellinger, who's um, uh, been uh, leading a lot of the coverage on this with uh, stories that he has uh, written, seems to have some uh, excellent sources and really plugged in on some issues. He says heart issues from COVID-19 are a major concern for administrators right now. Uh, there was a player at, uh, on the Indiana football team that has had some, that contracted uh, COVID-19 during their workouts and that has had some uh, issues, heart-related issues. So that's a story that maybe is being underreported, according to Dellinger. Uh, one of his colleagues, Mark Blodchen, uh, said that the MAC, Mid-American Conference cancelization, um, 
was had to do as much as health and safety with the loss of or with the money that it would take for testing to make it safe uh, and that they did their budgets didn't permit the level of testing that it would take that's obviously not an issue for power fives so it's going to be a uh, a roller coaster ride of uh, of a week or if it takes that long to play out i suspect so uh, again if you're a college football fan get uh, ready to be uh, swinging between optimistic and pessimistic a couple of other things kenny payne has an offer from the new york knicks Uh, he's confirmed that he said it's quote tells the herald leader it's not an easy decision uh, Adam Zagori of Zag's blog uh, says the deal's not done yet, but this, the definitely uh, the story does uh, have legs. So the Knicks want him. Uh, they uh, and why not? I mean, he's uh, outstanding at developing players, and that's a a big part of uh, of the NBA operation. They're getting guys younger and younger, and having somebody that uh, could be uh, excels in player development um, for Kenny. Um, tough call, so one would think that will come down. That announce, that decision will come down sometime this week. Uh, Sky Clark tells uh, David Sisk of Cats Illustrated that he is not going to reclassify to the 2021 class. Now, should he change his mind, he would be far from the first to say one thing and then uh, ultimately end up doing another. But he is uh, saying that now, and... Um, We'll see how uh, Kentucky reacts because I think Cal and his staff do a good job of knowing, you know, if, if a guy is is truly committed to that position and that you're going to have to uh, look at other options, or if you think he's ultimately going to end up uh, reclassifying. So um, watch how that one plays. But for the moment, Sky Clark says he is not going to reclassify. Links to the stories that we talk about, you can find them on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. When we come back, Jeremy Jarman joins the program. It is the Leach Report Radio Network. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. Quarter past the top of the hour, we go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline to bring on our buddy Jeremy Jarman. You hear him on the UK football pregame shows, which hopefully will be coming this fall, but um, it is um, very much seemingly in doubt as we go into this week. Uh, Jeremy, um, it seems you if, you, if you're a college football fan, you get pulled from optimism to pessimism. Uh, like a you know, in, in the rag doll being battled between two kids. What a seesaw of emotions, Tom. Right? I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, you, you see the schedule get uh, get released, and there's some excitement, and and obviously overnight, you know, within 24 hours, there's uh, there's changes and uh, and things. So, uh, man, uh, very surreal, sir. Uh- Last night, there was uh, the new newest development is a a group of players coming together with the the uh, speed of social media via a Zoom call apparently, and uh, so they are uh, pushing hard to uh, to get to play, but they have some some certainly understandable concerns. Um, and are, so, as a former player, are you um, encouraged by uh, the? activism that we're seeing in players now 
Yeah, I mean, I'm encouraged by it across the board. Uh, I'm encouraged by it from the from the university president. Uh, it seems like everybody's trying to come together and uh, and, and voice some of their concerns and opinions and and, and uh, acquire information and and do what uh, and, and kind of standardize and have one voice and one view. And I think, if anything, I think that I think that that strengthens uh, the possibility of. Uh, uh, of player buy-in by by them kind of unifying and and uh, and coming together with a, uh, a, a universal or standardized set of, of of things that they want, as opposed to just having you know 500 different factions and different teams and everybody uh, thinking and, and wanting different things. Yeah, it's a good point. Probably within any organization, we we focus on sports here, but uh, within any organization, if if the uh, workers feel like they have a, a voice in being heard, even if they don't get everything that they want, if they feel like they're they're being taken seriously, uh, you have maybe a greater sense of unity. Absolutely, and that's what this is about. And uh, you know, you've seen some high profile players uh, that have decided to opt out and. Uh, but you've also seen significantly more high-profile players say that they're opting in. Uh, so, with that being said, if uh, athletic departments, universities can come, come, uh, you know, come together and, and, and meet, uh, you know, meet some of those issues, you know, don't have to meet them all, but meet some of them. And I think the liability piece from the administrative, uh, you know, end, if, if it can be done, then I think it increases the likelihood. You work in the medical field, so you bring a, a unique perspective as a former player who also has the expertise in the uh, in the medical world. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, the Clemson quarterback, um, tweeted yesterday something that others have said that players are safer within their uh, when they're when they're playing a sport and undergoing regular testing and, and the other uh, safety measures than they would be. Um, on their own, uh, just in the general population, um, and I think he talked about the players, you know, going back home. I don't know that I don't think that they would still be on campus as, but as regular students, but they would have less incentive to, you know, uh, adhere to the safety protocols uh, and uh, you know, uh, avoid social gatherings and all those kinds of things that hopefully players are doing. Is there merit to that that argument on your in your opinion? Uh, maybe to an extent, it just kind of depends on the individual time. I mean, if, you know, if you're, uh, you know, some of our guys where, you know, when you're not taking classes and things and you're fine with just kind of being at home playing Call of Duty in the, uh, in the basement, I think, uh, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think you can go wrong with that situation. But, you know, if you were like kind of how I was in college, I was, uh, out and about. I like to explore Lexington and the city surrounding. Uh, Fayette County and things that I think it would have been a little bit harder, uh, you know, for, for some of the people who get out and are involved in a lot of, uh, you know, after-class activities and things like that. So I think that's what makes it so tough in college is, is that you don't have standardized housing. You know, you have to standardize. You can standardize di- dining and, and those kind of things and shield players from that aspect. But that housing piece, you know, guys, you know, when, when they're out of class, are they going back home? Are they going back to the door? You know, guys are just kind of going in different directions, uh, you know, as opposed to maybe everybody being, uh, you know, as far as the central football staff and things like that, everybody being in, you know, maybe one apartment complex or one dorm complex. 
you may be able to speak to to this. Uh, this is just something I wondered: is if you're a uh, an athlete and you are getting tested regularly, maybe two, three times a week, um, if you if you do come down and and those results are are coming back um, relatively quickly, if you uh, are found to have COVID nineteen, then they're going to uh, the medical personnel are going to be on your case sooner than than they would be for a lot of the the general public that isn't getting tested regularly or is having to wait longer for test results and that uh, you're you're safer in that regard if they're uh, starting a treatment program sooner rather than you've uh, you you uh, aren't known to have it until symptoms occur is there is that would that be accurate that you uh, are have an edge in that regard if that's the case yeah you would have an edge in regards to uh, being able to get those results and possibly limit uh, your spread to your you know your family your teammates other employee employees unfortunately there still isn't a standardized approach Tom to treatment uh, people have different symptoms some people severe headaches some people renal kidney issues some people uh respiratory issues some people heart issues some people blood clotting issues and there's not a medication there's not a standard approach to treating those people you come in with bacterial pneumonia which is a common respiratory illness that that we see healthcare uh, practitioners see during the fall we got those protocols we can treat that uh we know how to treat that uh, we don't know how to treat all of these situ- individual situations. Uh, some of them are individual case studies, Tom, and that's what makes this situation so difficult. Yeah, so some, so some of the treatments work better on might work better on uh, player A than player B, or human A or hum- versus human B that have similar that both have the disease, but to, the treatments might work differently. Right, and the disease has affected different, uh, you know, different body systems. Uh, so it's just it's very difficult from that aspect, and I think that uh, with these players and and things, uh, you, you know, everybody talks about the long term, uh, you know, the long term side effects. I haven't seen anyone that's come out with a protocol of essentially once a player catches it, what kinds of things are you doing? You know, from scans to lab work, what are you doing to clear this player? players not having any respiratory issues great that's that's fantastic but are you looking and are you checking for the way that it could present in other areas it would uh, that's what's kind of concerning uh there are leagues each league has its own medical team the sec has reps from you know each school has a rep they so they have their advisory panel just like the big 10 and all the other leagues uh if college football does move forward would the would it be better if the leagues came together and had one medical group that was advising them all? Uh, that that would uh, that would get a, that would get a little. I, I, I could see that being difficult. I think uh, I think uh, in each a lot of these communities, you know, uh, I think that the healthcare professionals at UK or. Or in Gainesville, I think that they're more than capable of of, uh, of managing uh, of managing these situations for their individual teams. As far as a standardized, um, I, you know, I don't know. That's a little outside of my 
little outside of my wheelhouse there, Tom, but I will say that, um, you know, from a political standpoint this week, uh, the inability of, of Congress to, uh, to, to basically get a, a blanket liability coverage, I think that that essentially will be, uh, the deciding factor, uh, for a lot of these schools. I think the, uh, at this point, the only hope of college is if, or let, let's say for SEC, the only hope of being able to start and possibly finish a season is if each one of those state legislation bodies that encompasses the SEC teams comes together and provides uh, liability coverage. And I just don't know if that's gonna if that's gonna happen for each uh, for each state that you know the SEC uh, falls in. I think that there's five states currently that have put some type of liability protections in place for some of their industries, healthcare being the primary one. And I'm just not sure you're going to see all the states do that in such a short time period. Jeremy, appreciate the uh, expertise you know that you bring to this from the medical side as well as the player side. You know how badly these guys want to be out there playing at Kentucky and, and elsewhere. So it's uh, it's a difficult situation, uh, but you know you want to make sure that they're you know that uh, you're not being reckless with their health. So it is a uh, difficult position for <laughs> the people making the decisions yeah. to be in. And if, and if you leave it, Tom, to the players, they're overwhelmingly, these guys, they're going to elect to play. They want to play. Um, but I think that the adults and the healthcare professionals, they have to make the decisions for these guys. And Jeremy, sure. thank you so much for the time. How's the little one doing, the new one? He's doing well. I don't know if you heard me bumping to one of his toys here, a little bit of dirt <laughs> going off in the background. Oh, well, it won't be the first time that happens. <laughs> Glad he's doing well. Good to hear from you. You too, Tom. Jeremy Jarman. We'll come back uh, with uh, more of the Leach Report here in just a moment. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. Coming up on the midway point of our Monday show, condolences to Lynn Bowden and his family. You may have seen, if you follow him on Twitter, uh, his post about losing his grandmother to COVID-19. And um, and if you have uh, elderly members in in your family that uh, you're close to that are still with you, just do everything you can to look out for them in these times, as uh, as Lynn notes in there in his post. it is a, a tough time. So condolences to uh, him and his family. We'll come back with Kyle Tucker from The Athletic. This is The Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. Second half of our Monday show here on The Leach Report. Back to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline we go to bring on Kyle Tucker from The Athletic.com. So, anything going on in your world, Kyle? <laughs> no, no, no big news at all. Uh, just a lazy uh, mid-August day, right? We're just searching for sports topics. Uh, here's the latest uh, I see on off Twitter. Uh, uh, Dan Patrick uh, reporting today that uh, he was told this morning that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 – are planning to cancel their seasons tomorrow. The ACC and the Big 12 are on the fence, and that the SEC is trying to get teams to join them for a season. So this could get really crazy. <laughs> the last part certainly does not surprise me, that the SEC uh, is trying to rally and be the last one standing. I mean, you know, 
for better or worse, it's it is true that many years, you know, the majority of the years, uh, the SEC champion is the national champion. So, hey, play your season and and declare yourself the champ. I mean, I think I, I don't guess it would be really disputable if nobody else plays. Um, but it's yeah, I mean, I think the season is now officially on life support. A fall season, uh, you know, obviously some leagues. Maybe all the power conferences are going to try to play in spring. There are some, you know, real complications with that. It butts up against the um, NFL draft. Um, you know, I, I think I don't think they should just say we're canceling because that's too because spring is too much of a challenge. Like UConn has already said, they're not not only not playing in the fall uh, as an independent, they're also not going to play at all. They're not going to play in the spring. Um, I don't think anybody should do that. Uh, I think you should leave some hope out there um, because it, you know it seems the thing that people are most worried about is that it's basically you play the season and turn around and have the NFL draft, and if you're a prospect at all, you just wouldn't play. You opt out. Which to that, I want, for one, I say fine, just let you know play with whoever's left. But I would also say we have <laughs> we have no idea, and I think it's a decent bet that in fact the NFL. Uh, won't get through its season. May not even get its season off the ground. It seems to have one of the uh, least, um, you know, solid plans for how they're going to return. Uh, and so you could end up in a situation like we had with the NBA, where the NBA's whole season is halted or delayed, or everything in that calendar gets shoved back, and this one big hurdle to spring football gets cleared. Uh, sort of naturally. I mean, if the NFL, if everything's pushed back, then you'd assume the draft and all that stuff would get pushed back. And then maybe spring football for for colleges is not a huge issue. Um, so I, I hope people won't just outright cancel this week, but it does feel like the fall season, college football being played uh, in the year 2020, um, that is very much on life support, and, and the plug might get pulled here this week. The UConn thing makes me chuckle a little bit. It would be akin to me declaring that I'm not going to throw hand, throw down a two to dunk today. UConn had to have anybody yeah, to play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and, and that's the other thing that I would sort of caution against, uh, reading too much into what an independent who was scheduled to play a bunch of teams who no longer are playing non-conference games, uh, yeah. you know, what they do is, is – is not really indicative of what everybody's going to do. Um, but I do think, you know, when we saw all the conference, I think everybody kind of got hopeful again when we saw all the power conferences go, okay, well, we have a new plan. This is our 10-game conference schedule. Oh, well, if they're going to do all that and release these schedules, of course they're going to try to play. Uh, but to me, that that felt a lot like, you know, rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. It was just, you know, all of these like last ditch desperation moves, um, when in fact the biggest the biggest decider in this is whether we have the virus under control in America, and we don't. <laughs> so, um, without that, and without too, without the not only the money because it's a, in, insanely expensive if you look at what the NBA has done, but also just the logistical possibility of bubbling up in college, not, certainly in college football. Um, it's just it's just not really or possible to do it uh, the way that the pro leagues who are actually going to get their seasons played have done it. Um, colleges just cannot do that. 
Um, I would say we have a piece out at the Athletic today as we getting ready to bury college football. Um, our staff put together um, pods. How could how could college football or college basketball in the in the fall still play some non conference games? And we put together forty four pods uh, in you know drivable cities with groups of teams that could huddle together safely, be tested, and everyone play uh, a sort of a round robin among themselves and get in a, a handful of non conference games in the fall uh, before. Uh, the new year when you hope you're able, you know, things are better and you're able to play your conference games. Um, everybody's kind of thinking outside the box, grabbing at whatever they can grab at right now to hope something can happen. But it's a bleak, this feels like a really bleak week in general for college athletics. Kind of feels like the uh, the end of the first Rocky movie, the next to last round where he gets knocked down and the manager saying, stay down, stay down. And he struggles <laughs> yeah, back up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a weird week. Um, the one another piece of news uh, came. Well, let me ask you this first. Uh, I saw a Heather Dinich report where she used the word postpone, and I hadn't heard anybody else use that as opposed to cancel. The SEC is not slated to start to the twenty sixth. They're the latest of anybody. To to me, I, I would think if uh, that the the there's no harm in just saying. Let's just pause for right now. Keep doing what we're doing, and uh, re, you know, revisit you know the possibility of playing in in a month or something. If only, then that you keep some some amount of of athletes, and we're talking about football primarily, but it'd be the other athletes too, fully engaged in uh, in their their own safety. If you keep the hope out there, well, right, and some I think some of the uh, you know Trevor Lawrence, some of the. the the faces of college football that have been putting out these statements. The, the players got together and put out a statement last night that we want to play. Um, you know, to which I, I think is great, and but to which I, the one point I've been making a lot is, uh, of course they do. Uh, of course a lot of them do. A lot of them don't. A lot of them are already op- opting out. But of course a lot of them do. It's their livelihood. It's their only thing they know. In many cases, their their meal ticket. Uh, it's their future. Uh, of course they want to play, as does every player I've ever seen with a concussion. And we don't let them make those choices uh, on Good their point. own about their safety. Uh, and there's a number of, and it's not, oh, don't baby them. It's not babies. It's 38-year-old NFL veterans don't get to make their, don't get to call their concussion shot. Uh, nor do any of us as adults get to call the shots on uh, legal safety issues. We might want to do this, that, or the other that uh, feels like a personal liberty but someone tells us we can't. Um, and so, you know, that, those are separate issues. But one of the points that uh, Lawrence did make is that if you send us home, in many cases we're going into worse, you know, more dangerous situations, communities where they're maybe not taking this seriously. Nobody's forced to wear a mask. You know, I do think, or I would say, there, I don't think there's much harm in saying we're going to pause for now. Not even you know, you have to give it a, a hard name like a cancel or 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 uh, yeah, you know, whatever. Postpone. You just say we're going to pause for right now. We're going to go into a holding pattern. You know, our guys are already back. They're already on campus. Classes are starting. Uh, we have them in a protocol, a safety protocol. If they want to stay in school, they can. If they don't feel safe, they they don't have to. But the guys who stay will continue to do these socially distanced, masked, safe, disinfected workouts. And they can stay in shape here. Um, and then we'll just figure it out. Um, 
I don't think there's really any harm in that because they're going to honor these guys' scholarships. Exactly. They're going to, you know, even if you don't play, they're going to honor your scholarship. So if there's no season, I think they're still pretty much legally bound to let these guys go to school if there is school. Um, So you got them here, keep them here, uh, keep them safe as best you can, and, and just hold for a little bit. That, that, that's certainly a possibility. Uh, it, it would be, to me, shocking, and I think it would be silly for any of these leagues to just go, we're not playing football at all this season, not in the fall, not in the spring. Um, to announce that now, to, to me, doesn't, while I have a lot of skepticism about whether it's safe or when they should do it or how they should do it, uh, those questions remain. I just don't. I don't really understand any value in, in just definitively shutting it all down. Yeah, especially when we, when uh, all the scientists would tell you that you know, they are learning more about this thing every week, and who knows, you know, two weeks from now, some new treatment program emerges. It's good, you know, it's going to happen if it's you know a vaccine or something. There will be something that will uh, you know uh, change the landscape of this. Now, whether that's tomorrow or a year from now is still to be determined yes yeah i mean i think the the unfortunate reality is not only with sports just with everything everybody's jobs and 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 a lot of things we're going to be in a in a wait and see mode until this thing's eradicated i mean and and who knows how long that'll be i I think everything's going to be you know dip your toe in can we do this is this safe does it look like it's safe Okay, let's start. Oh, maybe it wasn't safe, you know. And let's rethink that, this. That sort of fits and starts are probably going to be the way of life for a while. Chat with Kyle Tucker on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. You can read him at theAthletic.com, including the uh, story he was talking about about the pods for basketball. We may get back into here in a bit. We want to get to a couple of other topics when we return. Uh, you can go to theAthletic.com to. Uh, Check that story out and uh, subscribe. And if you uh, are not a subscriber, to get access to it. We'll be right back on the Leach Report. Find out more about the voice of the cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. Chat with Kyle Tucker from TheAthletic.com. Let's uh, get away from the college football debate for a moment and talk about the Kenny Payne story. Um, Knicks are seriously pursuing him. Uh, You've gotten to know Kenny well through doing a story on him uh, at The Athletic, among other things. What's your take? I think there's some real uh, concern at Kentucky that that this may be the time he actually goes. Um, I think he has wanted the day that he leaves Kentucky to be announcing that he's going to be the head coach at a, at a quality program. He, you know, he's had some opportunities at some low level programs, but felt like he had earned the right to run a real program with a real shot at winning at a high level. And so he's kind of waited for that. And he's been in such a great spot at Kentucky. I mean, almost a decade here now, I guess it's been a decade, um, you know, making almost a million dollars a year, one of the highest paid assistant coaches in, in college basketball. He's obviously very valued, very respected. Uh, maybe Jeff Goodman, I can't remember. Someone just last week did a, a piece on the um, the top, you know, best, most respected, whatever it was, um, assistant coaches in the SEC. And Kenny Payne uh, was, uh, I think, by his peers, uh, chosen as the top guy. Um, he's Calipari, sort of trusted confidant and, and, and right-hand man. And, and then, you know, the big thing for Kentucky with him 
uh, is development and and the relationship that he has with players, um, both in recruitment, but especially when they get here. Uh, and that piece that I wrote on him, you know, kind of what is can what does he mean to the program uh, last year? You know, I talked to Anthony Davis and Carl Towns and Willie Cauley Stein and and uh, you know all those guys, Devin Booker. Um, you know, Julius Randle, all, all those guys who've come through and been great at Kentucky and then been elite players in the NBA, they swear by Kenny Payne. They still come back and work out uh, with Kenny Payne. Um, his his workouts and his development uh, program is kind of legendary. And so, um, you know, Anthony Davis will tell you he wouldn't be the player he is now had Kenny not forced him to learn some things that were hard for him and, and kind of put him through the meat grinder. Same with Carl Towns. And so I think Carl Towns hilariously described uh, Kenny as the he's the the horse beneath the jockey that drives Kentucky <laughs> basketball, Calipari being the jockey. Um, but I, you know, I he's huge for for Kentucky. And so uh, at, at the same time, you have you know Dwayne Peavy, a, a deputy AD at Kentucky, the right hand man to Mitch Barnhart, and also I think probably the most trusted person in Calipari's circle here at Kentucky also interviewing at DePaul to be the athletic director there. So you've got a, you know, in a short order here, Kentucky basketball could lose its sort of top administrator and Calipari um, confidant and then top assistant and Calipari confidant uh, in in quick succession. So I would say there's real concern about it. Uh, I think they'll be okay if he leaves. Uh, you know, I think they'll elevate probably Joel Justice a little bit as a, you know, in his role in recruiting and some other things, and I think that that is uh, potentially a good thing. He's a, a eager young younger assistant uh, who's done some really good things, and and I think Tony Barbie has kind of had a fire ignited under him about uh, recruiting lately, and has been on a pretty good role, has really ramped up his recruiting. Um, and Cal will go get somebody he trusts. I know Bruiser Flint's a name that's been out there. Uh, Indiana assistant. He was on Cal Perry's staff at UMass, then succeeded him at UMass as the head coach, and has um, a lot of head coaching experience. So another guy Cal can lean on. Um, I think they'll be okay. They're just they would really miss that relationship building and that um, development piece of Kenny Payne, and he's just going to have to decide: Does he really want to leave Kentucky for something other than a head coaching job? Does he want to leave Kentucky? for a sort of long-time beleaguered NBA, NBA franchise that no matter who the management is, no matter who the coach is, for a long time now, even when it was Bill Jackson, couldn't find a way to win. That's tough. The, the draw is it's New York. It's uh, his best friend in World Wide West, who's now uh, in the front office there with the Knicks. And they are really close. I mean, they've, they, they go back to college. And, you know, Kenny Payne has lived on – Wes's couch at times. I mean, those guys are tight, and so that there's a big draw there. And I think it is a real possibility, and Kenny may feel like at this point, yeah, I do want to be a head coach, but maybe I have to go get some other credentials and get out from under Kentucky and Calipari where people can dismiss it and say it was the jersey or the name that I was representing that led to my success. Um, and, and the NBA gives you some cachet. So I definitely think there's something to that. There may be some fire to that smoke. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a tough call for Ken. I wish him, wish Dwayne, uh, well, whatever they decide, because uh, they're great in the roles that they have here. And I also know, I'd be a hundred percent confident they'd be great in those new roles. Um, so, uh, 
wish them well as they go through this. Kyle, appreciate the, uh, the time as always. Have a uh, fun and safe week with the family. Thank you. Take care. You can read Kyle's work at theathletic.com. You can go back and read that Kenny Payne story he was talking about. Also, the story about the uh, the pods, one of uh, that uh, he and some of his colleagues have been involved with for basketball, what that could look like. It's an inter- interesting read, and uh, who knows? It, uh, it could uh, come to fruition. Uh, so check that out at theathletic.com. We'll be right back to wrap up this edition of the Leach Report. Time for a Road to the Triple Crown update presented by Claiborne Farm, doing the usual unusually well. Go to ClaibornFarm.com to book a tour. couple of big derby preps over the weekend. Uh, Tis the Law was devastating in the Travers and posted a 109 buyer. So i got to give him credit. I was skeptical. He hadn't uh, really taken his game to that next level as a three-year-old, but he certainly did on Saturday. Uh, Art Collector, easy winner of the Ellis Park Derby yesterday, so he picks up a few more Derby points. Uh, his buyer speed figure was 100. Uh, one thing to remember on these two, uh, Tis the Law was uh, definitely the, uh, mo- that performance was the most impressive that we've seen on the road to the Derby. Understand that he was primed for a peak effort because for his connections, winning the Travers probably wins, means, means as much as winning the Derby. Art Collector and uh, AP, uh, Honor AP the week before, they were not primed for their best effort. Um, they will be on the first Saturday in September at the Derby. So uh, the gap may not be as wide as it looked, say, in those two races uh, yesterday or from those speed figures. So just something to keep in mind that we'll talk about more as we get closer. This day in Wildcat history, 2014, was the first game in the Bahamas for Kentucky, and they uh, beat Puerto Rico uh, in that high school gym at the Bahamas. Uh, Birthdays, Tony Barbie, John Robick from the U.K. staff celebrating birthdays today. Also, former Wildcats, uh, Jason Parker and Sasha Kalia Jones. And then we missed one on Friday. Belated happy birthday to Keon Brooks. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow on The Leach Report. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question,